Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is the Jake Feinberg Show. Comedy on Power Talk, thank you so much for making this part of your day today. And uh, last weekend I was uh, off and I went to a Goodwill for the first time in a year uh, to do some record diving. And I'm flipping through the, the albums and there's a Jim Hall record in there and some MMO records, and uh, and then I stumble across this album that I've seen for an incredibly high amount of money called Fraternity of Man, and I turn it over, and on the back I notice that it's Richie Hayward, who is the great drummer from Little Feet, um, on there, and so as a radio journalist I went home, and I started to investigate the other cats on this album, and the first cat that um, I investigated was my next guest and I just sent him an emoji uh, on Facebook Messenger and he got back to me and I mean I just cannot believe how I stumbled into such great luck after 10 years on the air about to have my fourth book book published and still always finding new new waterways and pathways and liquid ways of finding new enlightenment and tributaries of new musical vocabulary. Lauren Stash Wagner, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Well, thank you, Jake. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's an honor that, that you found me on the other side of the earth. It's absolutely divine and should not be underestimated at all. You know, we have a game on this program <clears throat> called Name That Voice. I don't expect you to know who this is, but just pay attention to the content and we'll come back and break it down. I think we just coached in paying attention to parts of our mind that we didn't before. And, uh, you know, we were kind of left, you're left on your own when you, uh, when you really take a trip, you know, but, you know, it's, you just have that presence of mind that you went into it to explore yourself. And, uh, and whatever's in there is going to be good for you if you're, if you understand that it could be quite expansive and you know scary and you know the the mid to late 60s were just a perfect time for that because everybody was so naive i don't know that uh, as a blanket experience lsd would be that great a thing for people <laughs> i think i think there's probably people who would benefit from it if they could ever find it and they were in a community of people who really could allow their minds to stay expanded and you know slowly come back into their work life and integrate that experience into their life and not have it tear their life apart so those seem to be some of the, well, those were always the issues, because some people really did take trips that they didn't come back from. Um, <laughs> Stash, I... Uh, I have the slightest... No, you know, it just... I have the slightest idea who it is. You know, and, and, you're, and you know, it's like, I just, because I flashed on this thing, and I was like, I know that stash was up in the hate and i know that you you know you were young but that that was this is one of the most legendary cats of all time the lead guitarist from the sons of champlin terry haggerty okay okay now Haggerty. i, I gotta ha tell you i gotta tell yeah yeah let me get this out 
last night I'm at a party here <laughs> in the Philippines, <laughs> and two um, uh, 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 two guys, one one from America and another one from Australia, we're having this conversation. And what are we talking about? LSD. I haven't had this conversation in years, and now here, ironically, I had this deep conversation of all our acid trips and how, you know, I'm, I'm telling them, yeah, well, I, I, at one point I was actually <laughs> taking three tabs of acid a day because that was my normal, sure. you know, when I'm off acid, sure. when I was off acid, it, it felt like a weird high that I didn't like. So, I mean, I can't believe that they we're starting out with the same conversation I went, pretty much went to sleep with last night. And, and the difference <laughs> is that you're talking to a rogue journalist who, I mean, this is going to be heard, this is going to be publicly available, which is so beautiful. The reason I played you that is because that, you know, essentially like, uh, you know, the Sons of Champlin uh, were tripping on stage while they were playing great great band by the way i mean great dude the band, funkiest band J terry haggerty was the first cat to be playing jazz bebop lines over jazz uh, over rock chords i mean he was a nasty player and but i i just to me like in order to make spiritual music i really feel like you have to lose yourself in some way shape or form i mean were you did you have like a liquid vial and just were you dropping liquid and was it legal at one when you were growing up? I mean, can you talk about when your brain really opened up due to um, psychedelics? I, I'll, I'll, I'll go beyond that. We yep. took psychedelics because of the spiritual experience. Hey, thank you. We were open to this spiritual experience because of music, which is a spiritual experience. It's not the other way around. Music opened up our, our wanting to be more spiritual. And, and the, the drugs were just a, a, a pawn in that game. Are you following me on this? Well, thing? I mean, I've written a whole book on the Merry Pranksters. I was wondering if you, if you had come across cats like Keezy or were you influenced by the on-the-road cats? I mean, those guys... Listen, I mean, Rasan Roland Kirk was going back to Kesey's house along with Mingus to eat acid, okay? People were, at one time, it was, uh -huh. a, okay, so I'm just trying to get an idea of, when you say spirituality, you were tired of the dogma and the vanity of God? You were searching for your own path or your, the God within you? Can you go a little bit deeper? No, 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 not, not, not even that. There's, when, when... Two, two, two guys strap on an instrument, strap on their instruments. When the chemistry happens, if the chemistry happens, it becomes a spiritual. Look, I, I play, I had the honor of playing with Jimi Hendrix for a while. Um, I don't know if you are aware of this, but I, I did one session and, um, uh, no, two sessions, recording sessions and a, uh, a live gig with him. Um, what happens when, when you lock in to other musicians, it's, it's a spiritual experience. Jimmy taught me the freedom of making mistakes, trusting God, trusting whatever you want to call it, that, that this, the spirit, Be, having the freedom to make a mistake 
is a blessing. Right. Because as Jimmy said to me, he said, Stash, there are no wrong notes. There are only wrong ways to play them. And, and it's very true because when you get caught up in the zone, when you're in that moment and, and, and your finger hits a note that you didn't hear in your head before you played it. <laughs> it that's it, next, bro. Yeah, that's it. That's the psychedelicized thing. Yeah, it's, I that, it's that next note that counts. What are you going to do with it? You know, how are you going to make this note the, the correct note? And that's where you that's where you follow it because God or whoever or whatever you want to call it had placed your finger there. Now go with it. And and usually what you do is create whatever you did, you come back and you repeat it. If you repeat it, it means that, oh, I meant to do that. And then nobody knows that it ever was a mistake. Of course. So, yeah, that's what Miles Yeah, Miles Miles <laughs> said it's only a wrong note if you if depending on the next note that you play. There are no wrong notes. Well, and they, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, and how did you um, how did you um like with Jimmy, um he was so accessible. Talk about how you how you connected with him. Um I was playing harmonica uh, at a club, and he stood up and started playing along with us, and we got into a groove. And the next thing I know, I was at his house. Oh, well, um, let's be clear. I mean, and, was this, and a this cafe? by the way? By the way, let me let me let me let me throw one other thing at Do you. Do it. Yeah. When I got home that night, <laughs> I got a phone call from Lowell George, who said, "You need to come over to Richie's house right now." I go, "Why?" He said, "I'll I'll let you know when you're there." You know, Lowell George from Little Sure, yeah. So um, I go over there. He sits me down face-to-face and plays a song for me. Well, the song he played was Willin'. He said, I wanted you to be the first to hear this or one of the first to hear this song. So... That is the coolest story. I mean, you just... Dude, you're blowing... Wait, hold on. This was before Little Feet had become a band? Yeah, yeah. It was before yeah, it was before band, Billy Payne. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I mean. Well, Billy Payne was playing. Okay, Billy Payne was playing with us. Lowell George was playing with us because Elliot got fired uh, for laying on his back after the twenty seventh take of um, <laughs> uh, Rumble. Hold on for a second. You're talking about fraternity was, of men. So, so Payne and Lowell were in fraternity. Yeah, fraternity okay, men. God. All right. They were, they were, yeah. yeah. They they came in to help complete our second album um, because uh, you know Elliot just got a little bit too far out on this STP, which is a three day trip, and he, he fell in love with it for a while. And during his romance, we were trying to record this album, and it was we couldn't get focused. Because he was busy laying on the floor playing guitar. Um, <laughs> okay, so let me do. This, yeah, so you, wait, yeah. wait. What, now tell. I've now, I've heard of DMT. Uh, Ella, what what did he take for three days? That was tripping for three days. STP. Which the, and I, yeah. I really don't remember what it was. But uh, you so it was, it was a band. But it was the band's decision to say, "Dude, we want to cook this album. You're not in the right space. Peace out." No, we were all loaded too. Uh, it was Tom Wilson's idea. Our, um, 
um, Dig. producer. Dig. Okay, so he's like, we got so Because I was like, if Elliot taught Zappa everything he knew, then this guy, you would not just want to get rid of this guy. He was obviously out of his mind, uh, <laughs> a great player. But um, Well, well yeah, um, uh, Elliot was the best guitar player ever. And, and yet he could not. He I love it. <laughs> he could not be recorded. You have there is nothing on Elliot that sounds close to Elliot. I, I I saw Michael Bloomfield take off his guitar when Elliot walked in the room. We went to where his client and 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 Michael takes off his guitar and says, "Elliot, come up here. Show them how it can be done. I can't do it like you." This is Michael Bloomfield, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I well, I'm, I'm curious just to touch on that for a minute. Was he 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 was never captured appropriately on record, but he was a road dog with Zappa. That's how Bloomfield saw him, or was he in another band, or he saw him with Fraternity of Man? Uh, no, no, uh, uh, they knew each other just from reputation. Uh, Elliot actually was in some kind of surf band at one time. I don't remember the name. Sure, of it. sure. No, they no, I, I mean, I'm bit. sure he, the reverence was incredible. I mean, I, I, the reverence that, I mean, the idea, it's on the level that, I mean, I know Zappa had to stand up to the studio cats like Tommy Tedesco and those guys. They thought he was kind of a fool, but he knew what he was doing. But, he, I mean, he, Frank really, really borrowed a lot from Elliot. I would say so. I would say so. And then Elliot borrowed a lot from Frank yep. as far as attitude towards uh, um, <laughs> yeah. putting a band together. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. This, um, so, so I just want to be clear. You very, hang with Jimmy. You're ha- I just want to be clear. You, you were hanging with Jimmy and playing with Jimmy. God makes God. God encourages mistakes because then that's those. That's a pathway to new vocabulary and music, and you can grow. And you get home and Lowell George to come over and he plays Willen for you. Uh, no, I went over to Richie's house. Richie's house, excuse me. Oh, my. Played. Dude, that is the most yeah. tripped out thing. Well, yeah. Look, well, he was over at, at Lowell's, uh, at Richie's at the time. Anyway, so listen, here's here's the big catch on it. I, he plays Willen for me, and I said to him, why country? Huh. And he goes, Stash, you are the last person on this planet that I expected to ask me that question. Because Don't Bogart That Joint was a country song, and none of us were country guys, you know. We just, <laughs> but, we were, but, but we were musicians, sure. so we knew music, you know. And, and, and as Elliot taught me, all music gets there. There is no perfect kind of music. It, you could go into, you know, some classical shit that's like really deep. Um, if you want to Stravinsky out, you could, you know, really get spaced out on that stuff. Or you could go into the, you know, the rhythm and blues, Otis Redding. There's no finer singer in the world than Otis. I mean, I, I love the way that he would milk a note. Um, it all gets it. He, Elliot put on an Elvis Presley tune when Elvis was no longer, uh, cool, shall we say? Yeah. He puts on, we're, we're both on acid, and he, he puts on an Elvis tune. Um, I don't remember the yeah. name of the song. Yeah. It's, uh, something like that. 
but it's 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 out of my bag a little bit. So yeah. damn soulful. Yeah. He sh- he showed me it was so damn soulful. He <laughs> says this, my friend, is white soul. Yes. And yes. And, and, and oh man. And I got to understand it. So I mean, here I am. I'm a 17 year old kid when I got together with Elliot. Um, and that's a whole nother story because I just wanted to be his roadie. Right, <laughs> I, I right, to right. Sit at the feet of this of the master. I wanted to be his roadie, and I wound up writing songs with him. And next thing I know, I'm performing them. And that's how Fraternity of Man actually came about. Um, well, no. Let me let but, me just ask you a question. You, you were you a cat that was. Because you're we're, you're an omnivore in, when it comes to music. I mean, you'll take it all on, and 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 it, fraternity of man is evidence of that. Um, were you going to um, the Ash Grove and to uh, the the Ice House folk clubs, or were you going to the the it? Cl- I mean, what 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 kind of music were you taking? In? I'm, I'm talking high school. Like Barrera, Barrera was going to the it club to see Ahmad Jamal and Dexter Gordon because he grew up with uh, Leroy Vinegar's son. And and instead of in you know Leroy, the bass player, said, "You know, I don't want you guys going out at night." So he bought him a couple of instruments and they were jamming downstairs. But I mean, the, it, the, I'm just curious about like you know where Stash was going. Uh, well, Stash. <laughs> Go ahead. Stash was going wherever he could sneak in because of course, you know, but that was very I'm easy back then. I was, then. Under, yeah. I was underage. Yes. Um, Beto Litos was a big one. What is that? Uh, what was, was it called? Group called Sons of Adam. Wow. Beto Litos. Um, How do you spell yeah, that? It was a group called. I can barely say it. <laughs> 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 it was. This, it, was it? Wait, hold on. Was it? Was it Southern California? L.A. Was it L.A. Uh, yeah, in Hollywood. Oh my God, Be Olivas! I I never heard of that man. Uh, yes, Yardbirds played there. Wow. The Yardbirds actually came and sat in and and did a, a set there. Uh, Sons of Adam were a band that that played was incredibly good band that that used to be I guess their house band. And uh, the Sons of Adam. It, Sons of Adam. Oh my God! Wow, that is fan. And there was a house band there. And you were, that, were you, was, were you, were you cooking the groove up? Like, would, would you bring the harmonica up? Like, can you talk about, I know, like, well, whatever, uh, I just would love no, to. No, no, I yeah. was, I was, I was a kid in awe. Sure. I was, I, I, you know, me and my harmonica, I wasn't I was like a Lee Oscar where I would go and sit in with anybody. <laughs> I I mean, say, I was, dude, I was, Oscar was homeless and he would sit in with, that's a great, he really would go sit in with everybody. Yeah, he would. Yeah. He would. He, yeah, would. And he was great. I and love then, him, you know, dude. He's the so nastiest guy. God. But but anyway, that's yeah. a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, so you you were going there in awe. What in, in in to encapsulate it? Like, what were you getting off on the most? The idea that people had their own individual tone. The fact that that people were playing original music, or you were just looking to get laid. I mean, what was the like? what were you getting off on the most? Because I mean, the music at that time, the accessibility to the original masters of all music was completely possible at that time. So the floor is yours. Okay. Yeah, because it's going to be a long one. Yeah, go ahead. 
you got to remember, I'm an old guy. You know, I'm I'm now seventy two years old. Yeah, you're going on fifty. And dude. I was, yeah. and I was, I was, I was a, a a teenager listening to what was all experimental sounds and music. We didn't we didn't have we didn't have all of these pedals to create this. We didn't have the uh, computers to create that. We didn't have anything other than our imaginations and our fingers. And Al- Elliot Elliot said to me, he said, "Remember, with the guitar, all you got is a chunk of wood and some strings. The rest is up to you." Mm-hmm. And that's really what we had. We had everyone had a chunk of wood and strings. And some people, you know, there's Jeff Beck, early Jeff Beck, creating what later became guitar sounds. Because what did we have? We had some surf music. We had the Beach Boys doing their experimentation, but most of that came out of the studio, and most of the guitar work came out of Tommy Tedesco. So, You're absolutely right. I, I just want to jump in for a second. You basically, yeah. there was no, um, there was no uh, roadmap because, let's face it, I mean, under the big band era, through bebop and even early surf music, it was the guitar was still a rhythm instrument. It wasn't a lead instrument. The saxophone was. So you were really coming at that time when when electric guitar was becoming a very, for the first time, a lead instrument. So you were making up sounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, uh, there there were a few a few cats out there, and Elliot was one of them. Wow. Um, wow. Who was who was milking milking these notes and 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 um, showing us really what what it can do. And then twisting the tones, that, that was more the, um, uh, the English influence and, and uh, Jeff Beck and, and you know. Who, John Mayall, uh, yeah. I have, I have, I have nothing, nothing but respect for what, what Jeff Beck has been doing and has, is still doing all these years. Um, so, so you, but, you give them, well, you give, I mean, this is really important. You, 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 they were heavily responsible for tone for tonality in uh, changing the tone. Yes. So, cause I mean, this is interesting. I always get to the, the bait, like, you know, uh, all the cats, Haggerty was a jazzer, but like the only real rockers up there were John Cipollina and Jerry Miller from Moby Grape. And so like, you're now exposing me like sort of the, or even earlier, like when, like, like besides Elliot, who were the other forerunners of electric, guitar in that you know in your estimation at that time in your region in in our region yeah like socal um, yeah uh, jerry garcia well he you know, well i mean going it, north that's, yeah that's 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 the bay that's, that's the bay yeah no doubt and again that was more like i mean uh, uh you know i mean yeah but he played with he played with some tones because yeah. he was he he was influenced by a lot of different music. A lot of bluegrass, and, and absolutely. Music. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and because of that, the, you know, a lot of that influence happened into rock. It wasn't that we, we said, oh, you know what? Bluegrass is kind of cool, so let's put bluegrass sound into rock. You know, this wasn't 
I told, Shout dude, out. I, I lo- no, because you couldn't, you know, if you, I, no, that's what Rusty, when I sent you that interview, the Rusty Young interview, what he told me, he's like, if you wanted to, a new sound, you had to make it on an instrument. You couldn't put it into a computer. Yeah. You, you had to make the You know, instrument. I listened to that, I listened to that Rusty Young uh, interview. It, it was fabulous, by the way. Thank you. And my wife was with me, and she stops it and turns to me and says, he sounds like you. That's what you tell people. Well, exactly. No, so, it's, it's, it's this milieu of enlightenment, but somehow you all kind of arrived at the same point on very... I just wonder, you were a harp player, or when, or were you playing a guitar as well? I was playing guitar. Playing guitar. I was playing. I would say, uh, okay, wait. At eight years old, um, I, I, I started playing drums. Hmm. I loved the power. <laughs> I love the power of drums. Absolutely, and and I changed, and I changed over to uh, guitar and picked up harmonica because of uh, um, uh, Bob Dylan. Absolutely, you know, you, absolutely, dude. I mean, and, right place, right time, man. And uh, so, so I started playing harmonica then, but but when I got with Elliot. Elliot started showing me some little Walter and mm. it was like, mm. wow, that's the same instrument. Mm-hmm. Wow. And wow. you know, how can, how can I make this sucker? Sound? Let me skip ahead to another, uh, another little story that popped into my head here. Do it. They, they lead quickly as they come. It's fine. Um, we were, we were on tour in, in Chicago and Elliot says, let's go to Pepper's lounge. Oh, I love I this. I go, what's Pepper's Lounge? I love this. And he says, and he says, Pepper's Lounge is, it's on the south side of Chicago, and that's where the real blues guys play. <laughs> so Elliot and I, the two of us, we go down there, and in the whole neighborhood, we're the only two white guys. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, people are looking at us, and he says, don't worry. They're not going to bother us. They think we're either crazy or dangerous. Either way, we're dangerous to them. Absolutely. So they're not going to bother us. No, no, no. <laughs> it was a really good vibe down. I mean, they really, they raised those musicians, man. So, Barry Goldberg and those cats. So, yeah. so, so I, I, we were in Pepper's Lounge, and I think it was Junior Wells. I, I remember it as Junior Wells was playing harmonica um, that night. And... Afterwards, after his set, I'm sitting at the bar. He comes and sits down next to me. And I said, can I ask you a question? He goes, sure. I go, why, why is it when you blow in that instrument and I blow into it, that instrument, it sounds like two different instruments? And, and he looks me in the eye and he says, stand up. <laughs> I stand up. He stands up next to me, looks me face to face, and says, tap your foot. So like any white boy, I start tapping my toe, and he stomps down on my foot so hard that to this day, I still have a broken toe. Are you kidding he me? He stomps down on my foot. No, I swear to God. He, st- he, he looks me in the eye, standing on my toe. I'm in pain now. He says, now stomp your foot. Now tap your foot. And so, being the clever, smart-ass that I am, I start tapping my heel. Right. And he goes, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. Okay, come on, harder, harder, harder. 
Now you're getting it. And so said, he says, you feel it snapping in your spine? I go, yeah. He says, okay, now stop moving. You still feel it snapping in your spine? I thought for a moment. Yeah. He says, now you're ready to blow. And you know, from that day on, I was able to get that deep inside of you sound out of the heart that I thought I had to look like little Walter to be able to do. I just want to make sure that I'm. I just want to make sure I'm getting his point. Is that he puts you in some kind of position of pain and suffering, which is what the blues emanated no, from? No, no, no. That's not. No, no, no. You missed it. The the point is. But you still you have a broken toe. Yeah. I still have the broken toe. Right, which means he hits uh, you. What he's saying? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You you become the rhythm. You no longer have to think about rhythm. You are the rhythm. Ah, and it's the dig, same, I it's dig. The same, it's the same story that Elliot told me of be the music, don't play the music. Huh. Wow. Ah, well, That's and then, the and then ultimately, you know, if you can, as a band, get to that space where everybody's operating on the same frequency, then you transcend the music as a group. You know, I mean, that's... And that, that's... Yeah. And that's the spiritual experience where no longer you're thinking about what you're playing. You are the music, and that part just comes out. I love it. Thank you. That, that took us 30 minutes. That to, that, we got it. We got it. We got it. I, I, got, another, I got another name that voice for you, Stash, and, uh, and then we'll come back and break it down. Okay. Strict banjo. You know... Uh, traditional stuff but he and he 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 kind of i used him as kind of an archetype to you know go in you know two worlds or three worlds and he he was really a good example of how to do that and i said well okay so i was forming my plan you know at around that time and he was just really good whenever i'd hear him hear somebody playing and and I really liked it. It was usually Weisberg, you know. So, so I went after the, <clears throat> I went after the skill. I said the chops. I said I want, I want to get really good on this, and I, I want to start exploring this and see what, what else there is, what can be done. And I would hear all different kinds of people play in different approaches and stuff. No, I don't want to do that. No. So, well, this and, and then I heard. Uh, Oh man, yeah. there there was a couple of banjo players that uh, there's a guy named Billy Fair. F a i f a i r f a i e r I think f i e r interesting. Yeah, f a i e r. Was he all, he was an off the grid guy? He was more of an ethnic cat, or what was he? Doing? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was, and he he played all kinds of uh, kind of classical banjo stuff, and he's a good friend of John Sebastian's and. Uh, again, I, I don't expect you to know who that is. That was, um, but I do want to know. That was my first interview with David Lindley. Now he was on the scene wow. with Kaleidoscope, and I was wondering mm-hmm. if you, because Chester Krill, those guys were playing straight no chaser. I mean, can you talk about, especially in in, in uh, fraternity of man, or even in just in general, how? Elliot, yourself, like how you became open to all musics 
and and then what how you incorporated certain jazz aesthetics if you did into the music i mean it, and that, again it comes back to being you being the music uh you know so you can riff okay, on, yeah. it, it, okay for your for your listeners who aren't familiar and you weren't familiar with fraternity man until just recently we were a uh, a satire band that did satires on all different kinds of music because we me and elliot loved all different kinds of music as elliot pointed out to me it all gets there and so um <laughs> We, we wanted to we wanted to play all different kinds and you know I have this thick sense of humor and Elliot tapped into that and as an excuse to be able to play every, any kind of music he wanted to and if you listen to fraternity of man that's really what we did it's it's only because we appreciated and, and loved all different kinds that that we would make fun of it as we did you know when when Elliot broke up with uh, his, his girlfriend, uh, Pandora, when, and, he, and he comes to me and he says, write a song for Pandora. And I go, well, what do you want me to say? He goes, fuck her. <laughs> and so I, I, went, I went home and, and I'm thinking, Bee Gees. Okay, this has got to be the Bee Gees. So I, I do my, my, my best Barry Gibb imitation. I go, I take in enough from her. Who needs it anymore? Last night was the end. I... And then there's this big crescendo. I walked out the door. And now I say, fuck her. I don't love her anymore. Fuck her. I don't want her anymore. Oh, my. Fuck her. Unbelievable. Good Holy. Anyway, so that's, that's, that's how some of this music came about. We loved all kinds of music, so we were influenced by it, um, and, and, and you know, and played with it. Of course, we released that song on ABC, and they made us change it to "Forget Her," which ruined the whole tune. But <laughs> it's not on. <laughs> yeah, wait, let me just see. Uh, so the the one I have, uh, "Sons of the De- Welcome you Sons the of the Desert." Album. Yeah, I will. That's uh, the first. Yes, yeah, the sur- yeah. first album. But I mean, like, like, like. Like, can you say definitively that, um, you know, were you guys like bathing in 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 rock, like Warren Klein? Man, this cat could play some fucking. I mean, he was an Indian cat. He was into Indian in music. I mean, was he was he a Shankar disciple, or were you just trying to like incorporate the yeah the sitar? No, he actually yeah. There was there was a ceremony. Both he and Lowell actually. Uh, there was a ceremony where he married him as a disciple of Rabbi Shankar. Um, Wait, who, who married who? This so, is really important. What, what, what is this? Rabbi Shankar, there was a, a, a ceremony that Rabbi Shankar married a couple of disciples. One of them was Warren Klein, and the other was uh, Lowell George. Wow. I guess that's another... <laughs> no, this is what you know. This is what I wanted to get at. With no, no, there's plenty. I know nothing, man. This is all. I mean, it, you know, in, in order to have a good time, you must know what you don't know. No, here's the thing. I want to ask you is that the legend. When I interviewed Alan Toussaint, he talked about oh, tuning yeah. with tuning 
uh, tuning with your heart. You didn't need a meter. Uh, and, and that's where all the individual sound and tonality came from. I mean, were you as, and I'm talking about you as a musician, not Elliot or, you know, just you coming up, were you focused generally on the sound that came out of your apparatus and wanting to like that sound as opposed to chops and facility? I mean, what I'm saying today is yeah, that, yeah. sound is, sound is 80% of what you play your tone, getting the right tone. I'm, I'm, Look, I'm here in the Philippines, and I can't believe that these players here don't own their own amplifiers. I love that. These guys that is so here, scrap they, they, iron. They go to they they go they go to a club, and whatever's there, they plug into. Me, I've got to have my amp, my guitar sure. that I choose for that night. Sure, I've got to get my tone will dictate what I'm going to play. And uh, there are there are players out there that they they don't go by the tone; they go more by the notes. And yet they're play, but they play more through their head than they do their heart. So, I'm 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 of the I'm, I'm of the school that learn all of those chords and learn all of the the, the runs and the you know all the, all the you got to know why you're playing it. So you have to, <laughs> right, right. you know, we but then you got to make it your own, though. You get know? down to the bone. I'll have to do the bone structure shit that we all hate <laughs> doing, you know, playing scales. Um, but when it comes time to playing, I'm like John Coltrane. He says it's just time to blow. Just blow. Forget it just all. blow, baby. I mean, I mean, um, but, you know, you didn't have that luxury I'm sure when you were playing upholstered sewers with the fraternity of man that you wound up sometimes having to, you know, you had a, a crappy amp because you, you didn't have your own amp. You know I mean? I guess I would love. No, you- no, no, no. We always, we always, uh, Fender gave us Bill Showman's, you know, that Fender sponsored us from day one because it was Elliot. Again, I mean, this guy, uh, who's still with us, by the way, I mean, he's still here. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, we got we got we got a couple more hours to do. But yeah, here's the thing. I mean, the thing is, I want you to talk about about fraternity of man because there's just not a lot of live bootlegs. Uh, to me, I don't like. I all I play for my daughters in the car is is live early '80s. Uh, not not everything, but like to me, there are certain bands like great. You hear what's on the record. I don't want to hear what it's. I, did you ever play the same song the same way once? live like if if i went to your show and i didn't want to hear the record the way it was played on the record would you stretch out in a live setting let's not stretch out it's it's you never feel it the same way twice that's what makes it interesting you never play the same the same thing the same way once you never play hearing you're hearing the music through the audience's ears when you're hearing it through their ears, you're playing it differently. You're hearing what they want to hear. Dig. You're playing what they want to hear. That's that spiritual experience again. <laughs> this is, it, dude, I knew this it, was good. It, Stash is the smoke. I mean, dude, I am marinating in spirituality at this point. But what is spirit, like in spirit, what is spirit mean to Stash Wagner? I mean, because we talk about mind, body, and 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 spirit, and at least in the West. Again, you have moved somewhere incredible into the Far East. Very different. Uh, chi, yeah, living on an island. 
basically, I mean, it's insane. I, I, I yeah. live in paradise, living on an island now. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it. I mean, it's it's it's. Um, what is spirituality? Well, what you for you? Know what for you, spirituality is to me. Yeah, I do. I want. I want your you definition. Want to know what it yeah, is break to it me? down. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> right, and that's the way to be, and that's the best. Be vulnerable. And to and it. The, and the, and the more the more I learn about it, the less I know. And the older I get, and the more I have behind me, the less I know. I don't know. I, I, you know, the people, people come to me and they go, well, man, you're so cool. You got all the answers. I don't know shit. Mm-hmm. I just know what comes out of my mouth at that moment when, when, you know, God or the spirit pushes those words out of my mouth. I, I did an interview here um, a couple of weeks ago in a, a podcast. A guy came to my house and you know, I get I, now. I'm getting these these emails that you changed my life. <laughs> I just my mouth moved. That's all. I don't know what I do. You know, I'm not trying to change anything. And you know, yeah, I do try to change. I like to shake up the world. I really do. Yeah, I mean, ever since I was a kid, that was that was my thing. Just get reactions from people. You know, I I, I was the kid falling down the stairs playing dead when my mom walks in the door. No, oh, dude, me and um, you were like kindred. Sp- I mean, I mean, you pushed the envelope. Let's, <laughs> let's put it that way, all right? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Here's and, the here's the better I question. No, here's do. the here's the question though. Here, here, okay, so I want you to talk. You know, again, you were surrounded by by um, incredibly mercurial, brilliant cats like Elliot and Lowell. But in order, like you said, everybody has, when you get out of your own way, which basically means removing your ego and you surrender and you allow the information to come through you, like you said, that's when your lips and your voice take over and you don't, you can't explain it. Okay. It's, I understand that's the God within all of us. And my question is, how did you, how did Stash Wagner really learn to consistently get out of your own way so you could be a conduit for new musical information to come through you. By getting out of my way. So That's that a I hard thing a to do. For new musical. Yeah. That, you get quiet. You know, even, even the Bible talks about prayer and meditation, but nobody in church is talking about meditation anymore. Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. You've got to break this down. Prayer, what do you mean meditation? There's meditation in the Bible? The story for this. What? I need you to talk. Medi- they talk about meditation in the Bible. I'm not well versed in this stuff. You're saying because it's yes, yes. Uh, uh, there's is, uh, and I wish I could quote the exact what it is, but uh, Jesus get back to me later on. Yeah, about, mm-hmm. about uh, pr- through prayer and meditation, um, and and nobody, nobody. You know, okay, what is prayer? Prayer is talking to God or the Spirit or whatever you choose to call this. Thing yes. that is Source. bigger yeah. than us, um, and but meditation is when we listen. Everyone's busy talking, and they forgot God gave us one mouth and two ears. That means listen twice as much as you talk. Right. Otherwise, He would have given us two mouths. <laughs> so, so, so for every 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 minute you take talking and asking for this or whatever, take two minutes and listen. And that's when the answers come. Can you talk about a time on the bandstand when you allowed yourself to really drop into a silence where you were listening? And got, oh, I can, I, can, I can go further than that. We went, 
We did. You know, you know, um, Tibetan monks. Oh yeah. Have you heard them? Oh chanting? my, the best. That's okay. The best well, song. we we had a song where I break into Tibetan chanting in the middle of it. That's beautiful. This was part of Fraternity of Men. When I said all kinds of music, I mean all kinds of music. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, man. And here's... Yeah, go ahead. Here's here's the audience out there listening to me going... And, And, you know... I mean, it's like they're all getting into it because they're probably all on acid, also. But, uh, <laughs> no, because that's you don't <laughs> actually. If you're just if you're just sweating and working up physical energy, it becomes a descarga spiritual uh, uh, rupture in the brain when you start doing that. Dun, 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 you know, like that is the heaviest meditation. I, I have those Lyricord records, you know, that, that you were riffing off of. Like those are really heavy records, and you don't necessarily have to be on uh-huh. LSD. But but the point is that uh, the the chanting. Is it fair to say that you went that you used that as well for uh, to save your own life? I mean, you needed to find peace in your life because a lot of your dearest comrades became roadkill over time. Good question. I only say um, that because you know you know why who's you know who's still on this planet. Three, there's three cats. One who's left, and two others that you, me, and you. No, no, me and you are we're, we're timeless. I'm talking. <laughs> And I'm talking that they, they, they found the chanting, uh, the goik, the monk, the chanting uh, that you were talking about uh, is Herbie Hancock, Wayne Shorter and Larry Coriel and Larry died. But the point is that those guys all chant. So it, it, to me, like I, I see you as somebody who, you know, not only did okay, it. Then, then let me let me get into the break spiritual part of me again here. Yep. Uh, the chanting. The chanting um, in the Bible was um, referred to as talking in tongues. Yes. That's when people, when you, when you get into the chanting, you're not thinking, you're not thinking of words. You're just putting out there, putting out there, putting out there. And it allows your, your spirit to communicate with the higher spirit. And that's where the answers come from. That's when you're in a state of listening. If some people can do it with pure silence, but most of us have to chase those thoughts away when they jump into our heads. Damn right. But those thoughts, those thoughts don't jump into our heads if we're in a chant. You know, whether it's a non young go whatever those you know specific chants are that people do or. But the Catholics learned it many, many years ago with their own little chants, um, their, their little prayer things, um, say Hail Mary 50,000 times or, or whatever, you know, they, they, they do. Um, that's just to get them out of their heads. But they don't teach that that's what it's supposed to do. But that's what it does. What do they teach? So all the chanting, what do they teach? No, they what do they say? What do, how do they justify it? Why, why don't they go with the spirit uh, part? You know... Um, I've met a couple of monks, uh, present-day monks, that actually understand the depth of the spirituality, mm-hmm. but they're not supposed to teach it. Why? I don't know. Talk to the Pope. He won't answer my calls. I know, um, but I mean, like, we have to get... That's that, that's how we get drop into the primordial gut with Stash and, 
and and Hayward cooking the groove. I mean, that's you have to go that deep. And the idea that they're trying to sterilize it in some way is bothersome to me. I mean, whatever. I mean, we know you. I know. I know everybody Look, can get yeah. off on their own way, but it just to me that's really interesting. Coming from obviously somebody who's pretty learned in this stuff, meaning you. The the only the only way I could really explain it is who brought you into the Goodwill store. Spirit, I'm telling the, you, uh, man, who, you nailed who, it, bro. Who pointed out? Who pointed out the Fraternity of Man album? Why are the two of us together right now? Having a ball. We're we're <laughs> together. We're together right now because something bigger than you and me wanted you and me to be talking. And there's somebody. There's probably at least one person out there. Hopefully, there's one. You know, that hopefully we, more than one. Yeah. In our conversation, yep. will help evolve. Exactly, help dude. You just described my show, and it, what an honor it is to connect with you, man. Because it was all spirit, man. I mean, it was uh, first time in a year. And I had been hip to the band, but I never bought the. I, I've seen this one record, and uh, and it's always been a too high a price tag. But I can't turn down. Yeah, how much did you have to pay for it? Dollar fifty. Dollar fifty. Wow. Okay, not the best. It's not in the best physical condition, dude. It cooks. It just cooks, man. It. I just. I. I have to. I want to read this story to you that I. Um, and then you can riff on it. Uh, this is from my dear friend who I've done multiple interviews with was uh, Fred Tackett. <clears throat> he said, he said, some, yeah, he said, good guy. Say hi to him for me. I will, bro. This, he's, to. you know, and I, I, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say as it relates to this. He said, Lowell, all, Lowell George always wanted a top 10 record, but on his own terms. He had this amazing ability to arrange and get stuff out of you just verbally. Sometimes he would dance, especially with Richie and Kenny, Gradney. He would stand in front of the two of them with just them playing and kick his foot out. He'd do this whole little dance in the room where he'd be pointing this way where he wanted Richie to go. He'd get him playing this syncopated beat, and they'd get this groove going that was undeniably funky, and then they'd cut the song. Invariably, they'd go to the play the song again, and Richie wouldn't play it anything like he did the way he played before. Lowell would say, what are you doing? They would have physical fights over it where Lowell would hit him. <laughs> I, I just, please, I, I, you know what it is? I don't need, you, I just also, for the record, I think, I mean, the spirit of Richie Hayward is clearly with us. And I, wherever you want to go is fine, but I just would like you to talk about his significance to the lexicon of, Ameri of modern American music. You want me to talk about Richie or Lowell? Uh, both of them. I mean, Lowell obviously is a character, but but when I saw Gr the reason I bought the album was because I was like, "Holy shit, Richie's on this album!" And so that's what I. No, uh, uh, yeah. Richie is one of those guys that you can get into a fight with. He wanted to uh, throw me out a twelve-story window one time in, in a hotel. How dare him? Um, Why would he? How dare him? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was, it was another moment where I was quitting the band, and oh, right. that meant that he would have to he would have to sing if I was quitting the band. Oh, okay. So let, uh, yeah. let me come back to Go that ahead, for man. a second. Yeah, I'll yeah. throw. I'll, I'll let, here. Let, let me talk about Richie wanting to throw me out a twelve story window. Uh, please, um, Elliot um, gave me the set list for tonight's gig, and I look at it, and it starts with um, I, I think it was. Cat, cat, cat squirrel. 
was this, we were starting off with. Huh. I said, Elliot, I can't do that, Sean, yet. He says, yes, you can. You got it. Okay. <laughs> On Cat Squirrel, I am playing, I'm playing harmonica, I'm playing guitar, and I'm singing. It's a hard, hard tune to master. And I, I don't doubt it yet, you know. Hmm. And, and Elliot says, yeah, you do. I said, no, I am not. You, Elliot, you start off with that song. I'm out of here. I quit. He says, it's there. I said, goodbye. So I, I quit the band. And so, of course, he goes to Richie and tells him he's going to have to sing tonight. And Richie comes to me to throw me out the window. Um, <laughs> I'll, 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 skip, I'll skip ahead past that argument. Um, John Franzoni, our manager, comes to help solve this problem here. And he says, what, what's the problem? I said, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to play cat, cat, uh, cat Squirrel. I can't do it. And he says, if I get Elliot to take it off the set list, you'll play tonight? I go, yeah, that's all I'm asking. I'm not being that unreasonable. I just don't want to make a fool of myself. Absolutely. He says, so he says, okay, okay. He goes to Elliot, comes back with a new set list. It's not on there. You see that? You'll play tonight? Yeah. Okay. We go on. Curtain opens. Elliot starts with Cat Squirrel. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> now I'm going to have to play the damn song because there's 10,000 people out in the audience uh, waiting to hear You had to know that was coming. You had to know that was coming, you know. I mean, that, that no, I didn't. You were so you, you know, had you had you shed it on it at all, or you really just weren't comfortable trotting it out yet? Oh, we we yeah we uh, practiced it, but in order to get that tone while playing guitar right. on a harmonica, right, to get that tone, that is that's that hardship. And uh, anyway, so we did it. And I, it actually came out great. Um, and Elliot said... He said, see? So I said, I, I guess you were right. You know, Elliot knew me better than I knew me. He knew what I was capable of. That's one of the things I loved and hated about the man. He pushed me into doing things that I didn't think I could do. And when you're out there, they throw you out of an airplane, you're going to pull the freaking string. You know, no matter how scared you are, you're mm -hmm. going to pull that string and open up the parachute. It just happened. It, you know, like when my dad taught me to swim, he threw me in the water, said, go ahead, swim. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, I, I got to be honest. I mean, it's so beautiful to hear because, I mean, I've interviewed mostly my elders over the last 10 years. And the only way you grow in art, in art is if you get pushed out of your comfort zone. And Elliot knew how to do that with you and get, get it and then get it to the point where you pulled it off and inspired yourself to keep growing. That's, I mean, unfortunately yeah. we're, we live in a very different time, but I all, I mean, especially with the, the, uh, with, uh, your father's examples is legendary because that's a definitely an older generation. And now it's just, um, we got a lot of helicoptering going well, on, but anyway, anyway, go, uh, yeah, yeah. you know what? Wait, wait, do you know, uh, okay, I, I teach in, I donate my time to teaching uh, kids in school, yes. music and, and performing. Yes. Um, and one of the things that I, I teach them is having confidence in, in doing these things. To, but do you, 
That, okay, one of my examples I do, who wants to see a miracle right now? Who wants to see a miracle? And they all, the kids raise their hands. They want to see a miracle. And so I, I call someone up. I say, come here, come here. Okay, look, I want you to walk to the door, touch the door, and walk back to me. And so they walk over to the door, they touch the door, and they come back to me. And I start applauding. And I go, wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? And, 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 and all these high school kids are looking at me like I'm crazy. I said, what? You don't understand. We just saw a miracle here. <laughs> it is, it is, it, <laughs> man was not built to walk on two legs. We were not made to walk on two legs like this. But yet we do it. And how did we learn to do it? By falling forward. We kept falling forward. Falling forward. And then holding ourselves up. Right. That's right. So this is how we learn to walk. This is how we learn to do everything. Give yourself the freedom to fall. Someone will catch you. Or you'll catch yourself. So this... It's, it's, it's all spiritual shit. I, I, when, I, when I teach these classes, I, I get... Almost every one of my students wind up being on the principles of... What's this, uh, their, the honor their roll. List the honor roll. They have yeah. the honor roll. Yes. The honor roll. Um, afterwards, why? Because I teach them how to learn. I teach them that everything is important. If you if your parents tell you to throw the garbage out, don't just throw it out. Do a great job at it. If you're not going to do a great job at something, don't do it. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's a great has to clean advice. Up yeah, it's great advice. So if you're going to do the homework, do the best homework you can do. Don't just get through it. And, and that's, you know, it's not about just about music. Music is about life. Life is about the spirit. The spirit leading us and us all working together and tapping into this, 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 this planet that we're all a part of. And even with the craziness that's going on now, we're all part of that craziness. But find the peace within yourself, within that craziness, and make it work for you. And it will. I have found that, and here I am 12,000 miles away from you. And, and yet, we're, we're, you and me, we're thinking alike. I, knew, I, I just knew that this was a vital, this was vital for me. Uh, this, is what, this is how I continue to stay on the righteous path and to inspire other people through, uh, you know, reflecting that light off of somebody else and bringing out the best of them or even revealing new information that has not really necessarily been brought to the public eye. I mean, I, I ask you about... And I, and, and yeah. I strongly, I strongly, excuse me for cutting sure. you off, but I strongly commend you at what you're doing and offer one little bit of advice. Please. Don't don't try anymore, because it's happening. Just let it happen. Totally. I mean, I mean, you know. Listen, I I I, uh, I I wanted to ask you about. You know, gratitude is the attitude. You know, I'm grateful to be able to be on this path and still trusting in the path and losing my habitual nature uh, of control and letting it flow, like you just said. 
But I just, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I mean, when did you kind of get the memo about being, uh, when did you become, gra- uh, when did you feel uh, gratitude and, and, and how grateful do you feel today? I, well, I, we could go into an hour of talking about. Well, we, we, do, we, we, we you know, we're, we're, this just, is just set. What this is just set one, man. This is just set this one. Is, this is this is this is a very very important aspect. I ha- I have one prayer that I say every morning, and it's simply this: Lawrence Stash Wagner, at your service, sir. Wow, wow. And then I listen. Now, uh, when, when I'm at the table with my family, I have two young, I have a 15-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter, um, and we sit there ready to eat. What's, what's our, our prayer? What's our grace? Thank you. Amen. That's it. That's all that's necessary. Being grateful. You don't have to brag about all, all that you do have. You don't have to even list it. Just know in your heart that, you know, things are good. Things are, even when they're not good, they're good because they're steering you towards something good. So, you know, um, I went through this period in my life where I knew I needed gratitude. I, I had to get down there, and, and, and I knew in order to do that, I needed forgiveness. Mm. Starting with forgiving myself for all the stupid things that I've done and all the missed opportunities and all that, it's bullshit. That's, you know, there are no missed opportunities. It's just my part of the world. What I, you know, I, look, I, I had opportunity to, if I slept with this producer, I would have been a big star. You know, a lot of people took up on on, on those opportunities. I I wasn't one. You know. Sure. I, no, I mean it was about. I, I yeah, stood about, fast on my belief. Sure. Um. But so so. Let me let me ask you, you though. Know, how how okay, did you know? How did you know? How did you know that you needed to 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 work on gratitude? What was going on at that time that where you were burning? Everyone dying around me? Yeah. Everyone that I called a close friend was no longer around. Um, and I'm wondering, what the fuck am I doing? When, when Lowell died, it's like, why am I alive and him not? He's 20 times the player that I ever was. He should be here, not me. Um, but, I, you know, it's, it's, if you look at your life, we all have reasons that we need to go into a forgiveness. I, I'll tell you how deep I went into forgiveness. Yeah. I, 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 I forgave everyone I know, and then I even went into Adolf Hitler. Damn. I, had to, I, I, got, I got deep enough to go, okay, how can I forgive that guy, that guy? And you know what? You and I would not be talking on the phone right now if it wasn't for Adolf Hitler. <laughs> we wouldn't have computers. Wait, no, we wait, wouldn't wait. have. Yeah. We wouldn't have a cell phone. Right. We wouldn't have cell phones. Our computers would not have progressed into what they were if it was not for World War II. 
if it was not for Adolf Hitler, we would not. Die. I'm grateful for the dude, you know. But I want to go back to something. You you're talking about <laughs> Lowell passing away, and you're like, why isn't why why did he have to go? He's ten times the musician. That speaks more to self respect, self respect, <laughs> than gratitude. You don't think you're worth it. That's 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 an interesting. Twist I mean, you're saying you're um, saying why did he? Why is it? Because I mean, dude, there, most cats, as you know, no, it's yeah. not self. Wait, wait, okay, it's not self respect. Uh, you know, maybe a part of it. We never respect ourselves as much. Look, when Lowell died, I said, you never know who somebody is until they die, and then know who they were. Wow, Jesus, man, you're hammering away right now. When, when he died, all of a sudden, the Lowell George picture was complete. I saw the man as great as he was, that I never really, he was just another guy. Yeah. He was just another one of these great musicians that mentored me, that helped me, that pointed out some good things, came and picked my brain. You know, it all wasn't one way, you know. These totally, dude. He would, I mean, that's, you learn from every, of course, dude, he loved... He was told, of course he would pick your brain. He did that with everybody. Right, yeah. right. But, but everyone does. Frank, even Frank Zappa, and, and he would never admit it. Uh, <laughs> you know, and whoever, whoever he's around, he, he, he's there to pick their He was there to pick their brains. That's where his genius came out. He saw things in people that they didn't see in themselves. Absolutely. I just think he, um, Elliot saw that. But, I mean, I just, like, did fundamentally, so... You were like at a certain point. Did you did you walk away? Like fundamentally, I'd, I you said a couple interesting things. I mean, I remember ta I, I'm pretty close friends with Greg Rico from the, the drummer, the original drummer from Sly Stone, and uh, mm. he said what got him. He he dropped out of music. He he walked away from music for a long time, and and what got him back into it was the internet. Kind of what you were talking about, where all of a sudden a website was set up and. All these fans from back in the day were all like, you changed my life. You had this impact on my, and, and, and he didn't really, like you talked about, we never respect our true genius for what it's really worth. And he never really understood the impact that he and that band had. But it's really about, when we, I just want to say, like, I, I just, that's, that's to me, so like true. the reason yeah, we yeah. connected, the reason we connected is beyond spirit. It's inspiration. Like you have to stay inspired at all costs, even when it's 110 degrees in the desert and your brain is boiling and there's dysfunction around you, like you said, you find your peace within that stash. And obviously you've been on this mm -hmm. planet a lot longer than me and you've been walking your own path. But that's why we connected, man. You are my teacher, man. Well, there's one other thing here, too. Um, uh, Dwayne Allman. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was at a uh, lady's house and he came over and he was talking about how he's got everything that he ever dreamed. He he's playing with Eric Clapton. He's he's got gold records. He's you know everything he ever imagined that he ever wanted. Every goal he has fulfilled. And that uh, that that weekend. He went off and got killed on his motorcycle. What does that mean? Because you were just um, saying the same thing about, I mean, to, to the, me, yeah, what does that mean? To me, yeah. that's an important lesson. Keep a goal in mind. 
always always be reaching. Oh, listen to this. Learning. Woo! Yeah. Always keep learning. Keep something that. You know, look, I, I I was in the studio one day and I'm I'm playing this this part and Eric Clapton walks in, introduces himself like he needs to introduce himself, and he and he says, "Can you show me what you did? What you're doing?" <laughs> I said, sure. Well, I've always got an extra slide in my pocket and go into the studio with six different guitars anyway. So I, I passed one of the slides to him, and he picked up one of my guitars. And we're sitting, you know, almost knee to knee here. And I said, and, and he's already, he already plays slide, but he learned from a different school. He learned from the Dwayne Allman school. Um, I learned from the Lowell George school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he says, show me what you're doing, and I, and I, I show him, and uh, I'm like correcting him on, on certain things that he's doing, um, and I won't get into the specifics of it. But um, at the end, uh, I'm sorry, my mind just wandered to a conversation here, and I had that, that's absolutely no, so it's, yeah, well, is, yeah, go ahead. My, 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 my point is on this one um, is that here's this guy, people call the guitar god, comes in and asks me, how did I do that? And in those days, everyone shared their knowledge with everyone because like we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, we, we were experimenting. We were all learning from each other. How do, how do we do that? And, you know, Lowell had given me this compressor that, that I use for slide, and that, that's a big part of getting that tone. Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, as, as I'm showing him, I'm realizing that's what makes this guy so great. He's not afraid to ask. He's not afraid to keep learning. Whether he uses it or not, and this is something I do all the time. If I see somebody play something or hear something, can you show me how to do that? Whether I use it or not, it's somewhere in there, and it may come out, and it may not. But it's there, and now it's part of me, and I have grown. And so I keep growing because of it. And, and the, the Dwayne Allman story never leaves my mind because... It keeps me young. It keeps me dreaming. Keeps me creating new things, doing new things. So, so, I mean, stay humble. Always keep learning and setting goals for yourself. Don't assume that everything, even though Dwayne talked about, from a commercial point of view, music in the music racket, he accomplished everything, but he probably had a lot more spiritual evolution and contribution to society, so... When you believe that you've reached a certain point, that can be, especially when you've reached start, fame or stardom, that's a dangerous thing. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, well, the bottom line is we don't know what we don't know. Socr- that's the Socratic, that's the greatest line. You must know, you must know what you don't know. Well, you, but you can't. But, but that keeps us on our, on our path of learning and learning. I'm constantly finding out new things that I didn't know that I didn't know. See, when, when, I, when I, I told you I, I teach, and when I teach, I, I put this big circle on the, on the chalkboard, the whiteboard now, um, and then, then I cut like a pie piece out of it, 
and and I go, you know what this is? This is what we know. The pie is everything there is, mm. right? Mm. The, this little slice, that's what we know. Then I cut a bigger slice. And you know what this is? This is what we don't know. But what's all the rest? What is this? That's what we don't know that we don't know. So there is all that to be reaching, to be grabbing for, looking for. You also said one thing when you said, okay, so it's important to stay humble. No, it's not. It's important to be humble. That, yeah, be, thank and, you, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, don't think about it. Just, just be. Yeah. And, but and, that's what the, you, you, you talked about. the word humble out. Just but, be. But, and just you would be. say that that is part of your morning routine is listening and letting things come in and be, and just being and that humbleness you're marinating. Yeah. yeah, I dig. I did. No, I mean, this is very, yeah. I mean, stash, listen, I got, yeah, I, I went up to call it, stash. I got to go buy a new calling card, man. I'm out of minutes, dude. I'm out of minutes. <laughs> dude man this was well, the, no this is only call back anytime yo man dude no and, we're and gonna all this craziness is lifted please please consider coming and visiting me on my island here. yo man dude honestly dude we're this is only set one let's let's do set two soon uh, i'd love it right. i'd love it. and much love to you and the family man stay blessed and uh and 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 i'll have this up later tonight man i think a lot of people are you know if nothing else it's going to bring a lot of smiles to people's faces and as marty ballon from the jefferson airplane told me happiness is our divine right so amen to that man that's right all right be cool amen. all right man be cool amen. Yeah, you too all right later on okay bye-bye later beautiful cat uh, a legendary a stash Lawrence Stash Wagner, part of fraternity of man and good friends with lots of different people and also a teacher of spirituality and remaining grounded in this life. That's it for the Jake Feinberg Show. Have a great week. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm.